Michael and Heifert present This Week in Horror. Welcome back, everybody. I'm Heifert. And I'm Sickle, and we're Sickle and Heifert. We're the Unhallowed Reviewers. And we've got also... We have new stuff. News stuff? We've been stuff. doing trailers and stuff. News. News stuff. Yes, I, not new stuff. Well, all of it's new, right? I mean, because we're producing new things. Yeah, that's well, true. Well, we're not producing it. We're talking about other people producing new things. Yeah, but we're talking about it, and therefore it's new. <laughs> Wait, no, it's not. <laughs> anyway, uh, the first bit of news you have, I'm actually super duper mega excited about. Because I've watched this movie, the first movie, again. And I find myself enjoying uh, Art the Clown a lot more as I watch the stuff he's in. Like, All Hallows Eve and the original Terrifier short and... Because I, I forgot, I actually had forgotten that in All Hallows Eve, he's not just in the Terrifier short, right? He's in the whole, like, he's in a bunch of the other ones, too. And yeah. he's kind of like the main character of that, like, All Hallows Eve. And I, I haven't seen the second one, but I don't know if he's in it or not, you know? But I want to yeah, see it now because um... I forgot it existed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's Suffice it's to say, I'm talking about Ter- Terrifier 2, I'm sorry, I didn't preface that. But... Oh, yeah. We're talk about yeah, we're talking about Terrifier 2. The director came out and said that uh, the sequel is going to be uh, two hours long, which is unusual for not only horror movies, but um, very unusual for slashers. Um, yeah. And and so that it's going to be... Uh, uh, that's just an interesting thing for him to say. He also used the word epic, which I don't know what that means in the context of Art the Clown, but... You know, well, <laughs> he's going to double chainsaw somebody. <laughs> <laughs> he's going to chainsaw them and then put them back together and chainsaw them in a different direction. Well, <laughs> but I, I'm actually very excited for this because I feel like you don't hear those kind of things. Like, I mean, I'm, I'm just repeating what you just said, but it's a cool direction to take a sequel for a slasher movie. I, wouldn't it be cool to have, like, a friday the 13th movie that someone would describe as epic that had enough content in it to drive a two hour long movie especially if it was one that wasn't boring so i mean that's the thing is i guess if there's a lot of downtime in this movie it'd be like you know how they put little legos little extra legos in pieces in lego sets nowadays to up the lego count like the piece count i hope they don't do that with this terrifier 2 movie they like don't just put in a bunch of like standing art arty scenes not art the clown scenes but artsy scenes uh, that like just hold for like a minute just to show extra time in the movie, but I don't think he would do that. <laughs> yeah. So I don't think so either. Um, and I I was actually uh, in in the last review that we did it was for um, the In Search of Darkness Part Two, which is a documentary series on Shutter that just kind of goes through horror movies from the eighties. Um, and I I really dove into like one of the things that I love that that it was talking about was just how much you know ingenuity it took to make a horror movie in the 80s because just like today a lot of horror movies don't have a budget and like back then it was even crazier and so like they had to like find a way to use like common household items and like proper lighting and cutting to make really good effects work mm-hmm. and i feel like um in terrifier a ter- i think terrifier is a great modern example of that of they like talking to them, you know, when the directors came to Telluride and like uh, talked about it and everything and broke down how they made um, all of the effects and stuff. It's like they were having to do, do the same thing. They were stretching their budget. They were pinching pennies. They were, you know, having to cut corners and find ways to make things work. And I, I love that because it, I feel like it takes so much more creativity and gusto and determination to do that than 
say any big director like you know the really big directors that are just like well i'll just throw 30 million dollars for the cg at it yeah and like and, like things like making monsters too when you have like movies yes. for people that have been doing historically doing shorts or doing like their own budgets for their own films and stuff it makes it so much cooler when you get to see them like kind of uh you know think it's like watching macgyver work you know you get to see something crazy happen because these people are like the cream of the crop you know, when you have things like, what is Adam Green doing Adam Green stuff early on in the early days and seeing the interesting stuff that he did with, uh, I don't know how the budget was for um, Digging Up the Marrow, but there's some pretty cool effects in that movie. And they're all, as far as I can tell, most of them are practical. And he's a really big advocate of practical stuff anyway. Those kind of directors are like in their element, you know. Yeah, and it's really fun to see, like, stuff like this, like, with the excitement that it has, like, um, art's built quite, art, the clown has built quite the following, and uh, cult following, and it's just fun to see the excitement, that you you can feel it, like, you can feel the excitement for things like this, and it it still feels, even though this is a sequel, it's got a pretty good, like, uh, following behind it, it still feels just like this pet project, like, hey, it's just a pet project that's becoming a dream. Yeah, and I'm super. Yeah, I'm super ready for that. So I'm, I'm I get more and more excited because the second time I showed people Terrifier, I was able to watch it, and it wasn't as bad as I thought. And I'm like now in the mindset of like I want to experience it all. Like I want to watch it all when it comes out. You know. Yeah. Yeah. So. Definitely. All right, moving on to our next bit of mo- news. I'm actually super duper excited about this because I didn't realize what I was reading when you put the note in here. But it said a movie called The Bunker is happening, and it's about an alien invasion in which scientist is locked in a way in a bunker to develop a bioweapon to fight them. But it has Tobin Bell and Tony Todd in it, and I thought Tobin Bell was dead because I guess in the Saw movies, like that he was he died, and so I thought he was dead in real life or something. But I know that's not true. But, no, that's that's uh, hilarious because I thought Tony Todd was dead. Oh really? So <laughs> I, the reason I knew yeah, Tony so. Todd wasn't dead is because he was in Holliston, and I knew he was like he hadn't seen him you know, come around. Halston's the Adam Green show that he did, like his show that he did. But that yeah, it's it. it's going to be... And by the way, I'm not cool. laughing like, at the fact that I thought I'm Tony Todd was dead. I just thought it was funny that we coincidentally thought the other yeah, actor was dead. Him. I'm glad yeah. he's not. I'm excited that he's not. <laughs> yeah, uh, the, uh, I, I'm just... I mean, the premise of the movie sounds pretty interesting. Like, I'm not super, like, into it, but it seems like it could be cool. Like, I'm not against an alien invasion movies. I love Battle for Los Angeles, and I'm a fan of them. You know, they usually come off as pretty good, but I'm just interested to see what happens here. This is like a, I don't know, it's like a, it's like Kevin Smith coming in and writing for your favorite superhero comic, right? Yeah. Yeah, it's just, it's too great. Um, I mean, obviously, I think Tony Todd's uh, got an even longer, like, more extravagant legacy than Tobin Bell does um, in the horror genre, and and to see these two guys, like, joining in a movie, like, it's, I don't know, it's great. And I feel like, at the very least, it'll have some nostalgic value to it. Um, it's kind of hard for me to picture exactly how they're going to pull it off. Because, like, are they going to keep it super claustrophobic and, and, like, everything takes place within the bunker? Um, or are they going to try to to make it? I'm afraid of them branching out and showing the invasion on a budget that can't handle it, if that makes sense. Like, yeah. I would rather it be implied and, like, they deal with the aliens within the bunker somehow. It could be, like, the, than, yeah, I was thinking that, too, like, the scale of a quiet yeah. place where it's not, like, a whole alien invasion, but it's, like, a few aliens attacking a place or something. You know? Yes. 
Yes. But, yeah. Yeah, you definitely. know, that being said, if they're developing a secret bioweapon for the government, I imagine that they're not just doing that for themselves. So that, that might pull it, pull it way in the other direction, you know? So yeah, who knows? Um, and maybe maybe it'll have a bigger budget than I think um, that I'm picturing, um, and it'll it'll be able to pull that off. But um, either way, it's it'll be an interesting project to see where how it develops. Also, I'd love to see Tobin Bell in a super cheesy horror movie, so I could be in, I could be on board with that too, just to see how he does. <laughs> yeah, know? yeah, yeah, for sure. All right, the next piece of news we have is there's a documentary coming out about the uh, De La. Uh, Datalov Pass incident um, that happened in Russia, which is basically similar to like Alfred Packer and, you know, the Donner Party in America, but a little bit more supernatural, maybe. I don't know. But a it's called more mysterious. An Unknown Compelling Force, and it comes out on June 15th. I know nothing about yes. this. I've never heard of the Datalov Pass incident. Oh, okay. Well, I'll, I'll um, enlighten you a little bit. Um, I'll do my best to try to recall it. So, Datalov Pass is one of my all time favorite mysteries of history. Like, because every time somebody comes up with an explanation for it, it doesn't cover all of the evidence of what they found. And, like, so basically what happened is this, like, expedition of, like, college kids from uh, Russia decided to, like, go on, you know, a hiking trip. They were all very experienced in it. They've done it before. And they went up the Atlas Pass, and they didn't come back. So they, like, sent out a search party a couple of weeks. I think it was, like, three weeks, um, three or four weeks afterwards. Uh, they, after they went missing and they found all of their bodies, but they were all in like different places and like with b a bunch of different types of like wounds and stuff like that. So like two of them, I think died in the tent or right outside the tent. Uh, and it looked like they, I, th I believe that they had, now I'm guessing, or I'm trying to recall this as best I can, but, um, so some of this isn't going to be right, but like they were found with like internal organ damage but they had no external damage like no bruising or anything but on internally they were all jacked up and they like and like their tent was burst open from the inside like something had torn like they had torn their way out of their own tent hmm. um there was no sign of an avalanche there was no sign of like because none of them were like heavily covered in snow or anything like that then like there was like a tree line further out and like two or three of them were found at the tree line uh, one of them looked like it had been, like, hit by a tree. Like, a tree was swung into them kind of a thing. Dude, like, why that was all what this crazy wounds? stuff happen in Russia? Like, the Russian sleep experiments and, like, the, the what is the, <laughs> the, deep, the super deep thing? Oh, yeah, super deep. Yep. Yeah, the, the cola. Well, I'm interested in this deep. now, so, I mean, that's all I needed to know was... Yeah, There's it's basically be really, a yeti it's really there that killed them with psychic powers, so we have to figure out what's going on. <laughs> exactly. Um, so it'll be really cool to see a documentary that takes all of the evidence and then all of the theories and tries to piece together the most plausible ones. It so, sounds like a that's really, basically what the director said. It sounds like a really well put together version of Lost Tapes, and I love that show, so I'm all in. Yeah, it'll be cool. Like, yeah, the director was talking about how he's like he because he was really interested, fascinated with the Dyatlov Pass, and he like was looking through trying to find a documentary about it because he was just like wondering and then he was like and then he realized wait nobody's ever actually compiled a documentary of all the information that we have and tried to piece this together so he's like i'm gonna do it so i i like the idea behind it and he was able to get a lot of good interviews and stuff so it, it, it'll be great i think it comes out june 15th um yep that's so what you put down keep an eye out for that yeah. all right we're gonna skip the rest of our news and do it next time and we're gonna move on to trailers uh because there's some movies that we want to talk about, and Creepshow is one of the things that uh, it just finished, 
and I want to talk about it today. So, uh, so <laughs> the first trailer that we have up here is called 616 Wilford Lane. Um, I think we had different thoughts on this. I thought it was just a pretty run-of-the-mill haunting movie, but you had made some comments about how the trailer was cut very poorly. I did not care for the way that it was cut. Um, I, I feel like, and, and I know that people complain about this, but the point of a trailer is to make your movie look interesting and engaging. And I know that some people complain about where it's like, well, they put the best parts in the trailer. And it's like, well, I get that you're upset about that, but that's because the movie wasn't good enough to hold up from its best scenes yeah. or whatever, or like the scenes that you found most engaging. It's not the trailer's fault. Like the trailer got you to go. Like the trailer did. It can its only job. do as and... well as the movie makes it. Cause it's not like they, like people don't, sometimes people put a ton of extra work into the trailer and extra shoots and things that are in the movie. Right. But like, Generally, you're pulling and cutting stuff that's in the movie. Yeah. So if you only have, and, like, and, five good scenes and those all make in the trailer, you're like, uh, okay, well, maybe the movie, yeah, the movie wasn't very good to begin with. Yeah, and I feel like when I'm watching this trailer, uh, when, I'm, I, when I come at it with that perspective of, like, it, either this was really poorly cut, or if this is the best it has to offer, this movie's going to be very bad. Like, it just and felt I, like but I don't the think entire it's be trailer like very were bad. long it's just shots. It's not going to be like a standout movie of the year, right? Like, well, I mean, like, think of like, but like, think about, think back on it. Like, there's like one scene in that movie that even kind of looks supernatural. The rest of it is shots of the, of the actors just looking concerned. No, there's windows. a ton of supernatural <laughs> stuff in the trailer. There's like bed sheets <laughs> moving and. Like there's a, it looks kind of like a, yeah. like a not found paranormal footage version activity. of paranormal activity. Exactly. And uh, yes. Yeah. Yeah. I'm an okay yeah. with a not, not found footage version of that. But again, I, I don't That's really fair. think it's going to be my favorite movie of the year, but I don't think it's going to be bad. And it, you're right. Like the, the trailer was, I don't know what else could be in the movie, but I'm hoping just, you know, I can just hope that there's like one or two parts that weren't in the trailer that are going to be like, kind of like, Oh, that was sweet. Like, there was one of the paranormal activities, like, right at the very end, there's some big reveal with, like, why these girls are getting haunted, and I thought that was so cool. Like, it was in the 80s one, the one that was in the back in yes, time, the third one. Yes, set in the 80s. Yeah. Yeah. And I thought, I was like, oh my god, I didn't see that coming, that was so cool. And I know the movies aren't very good, but, like, that twist was kind of cool, and so if they can do, like, one or two things like that, that's really all you need to do in a paranormal activity movie, is, like, have, like, one or two kind of really cool aspects that people aren't expecting or you know weren't in your trailer that's fair and for some reason i get that feeling from the trailer where i'm like there must be something that's giving this movie the like the attention of getting a full trailer like this like something must be about this it's got to have some word of mouth that that like helped get the trailer going too but i i will say i have to say it i a, a, a mo- at this point, a horror movie better have a dang good reason for having a the the tropey cliche horror scare of a bird hitting a window. I'm sick of it. <laughs> it's the most annoying cheap scare. I don't and see it's that used as much as everything. You. I hate it. I don't. You'll have to make a list and put it up on a site of like how many times. I'll make a list. Windows. I will make yeah. a list, and then we can review it. Because I don't. I'm only. I don't. When I see it, I'm not like triggered by it, so I must not be watching the same movies. Uh, but speaking of being triggered by a movie, let's talk about the next trailer. Uh, so for some reason, these movies keep making money and, uh, like, I'm not sure why or how. Who's going? Yeah. I want to know that because like at this point we've had a movie. Like the the Fast and the Furious of horror. (sighs) Yeah. It kind of is actually, which is terrible comparison because Fast and Furious is actually entertaining, but. 
Um, <laughs> like, we've had a, an original movie, which was pretty good. And I'll tell you what they are in a second. I'm see if you guys can guess it as we go through. Uh, a second movie, which w- elaborated on the first movie. A third movie, which is pretty much actual nonsense. And then a number of movies between <laughs> a third movie and a series that came out. And I don't remember how many there were. At least two. Um, and then there was a series that was on, like, FX or something. And I have no idea what the context of that series was or what it was covering, but it came out. And now we have a movie called The Forever Purge. And at this point, it's like, it's like the whole concept of The Purge has just escaped these writers. And they're like, how can we milk more money out of this? And the, the one way they do it is they have like a group of people who don't want to stop purging. And I don't know. Like, I could care less about this. It's just like... It doesn't even come off as, like, interesting violence. You know, like, at least the hills have eyes and wrong turn are kind of niche violence. And they have, like, a lot of, like, interesting kills in them. I'm sure this movie likes to think it's creative. But on the end, it just comes down to, like, like weird, not really committed torture porn and guns. You know, like, because at least in a torture porn movie, you're getting some serious violence, right? Like, some stuff that makes you uncomfortable. In The Purge, I feel like it's, like... It's like a Sparknotes version of torture porn. And you're like, you're not getting anything that's quite that crazy. And it feels like really undercommitted, you know? Anyway, I'm not excited for this at all. I could care less. I haven't seen a purge movie (laughs) since the second one, so. I think that, so like the first one. Okay, so the first one makes sense to me, okay? It's the, because I I mean, it was an interesting concept in the first one. The The sequel made sense to me because the first one was very like, claustrophobic yeah. set around yeah. one house it's like what happens in the rest of the purge okay that's interesting and i'm pretty sure wasn't it frank grillo that was in the sequel uh that plays crossbones in the in, in the avengers movies? Uh, he might have been in the in third the one War. he's in the one that where they're trying to save uh, third the president one, okay. which i um, currently okay, have I think seen you're right. i think that's the third one yeah um so the, so like okay so the so the first one okay cool concept uh execution is a little bit wonky people weren't 100% on that. And then the second one, it's like, okay, cool. We wanted to see what the rest of the Purge would be like. Cool, thank you. And then you know then what should have happened they here? Have to do- the Hunt. The movie The Hunt should have been what was next. And that should have just uh, been like something mm-hmm. where they're like, oh, well, they're purging outside of the Purge. And they have a reason for it and the reason they're doing it. And I don't know. Like, that would have fit in this timeline to me because there's a Purge once a year. Outside of that, there's got to be people killing each other, right? But like, this is one of the ways to do it. You could have fit that into that movie, etc. Carry on with your... <laughs> going through <laughs> okay so now then of now i'm thinking from a hollywood perspective now the next step is a prequel you show the first purge okay no that fine. wasn't the third movie like, though the third movie was, no it wasn't okay, no okay. no gotcha, it wasn't gotcha. i'm saying that that's what they should do so like that's that what they should have done you know in the normal process of desperation in a franchise you do the prequel that like sets in the first purge and, so, and everybody has to deal with that I gotcha. and then the franchise should have died but then it didn't Okay, now, then the next desperation move would have been the Forever Purge. But now we're like three films after the desperation move, and now we're doing it. And this is, it's, like, I feel like this could have been an interesting concept to to try and reinvigorate the franchise like three movies ago, but it's too late. Like, I do think it's, it's a funny way to tackle it, to be like, but what if they don't want to stop? It's like, okay... There's, that's, that there's be fun. four Purge movies, <laughs> and then there's a Purge TV series, and then the, there's a fifth Purge movie, The Forever Purge, coming out. It feels like more and than that. the same guy directed the first three, <laughs> and Election Year was the like last one of his, like, uh, like not 
I don't know, not series, but that's the one where like okay. they try and to use the purge the... to kill the president, and then you go to the first purge, and then it's the forever the purge. first one. Yeah, and so like oh, okay. I agree, like uh, they went from like a decent story to like something where you're like, okay, we're expanding this world to like p- trying to put like a real deep plot into like what's happening and why it's going on and the implications and stuff and of a world I never really cared about because like I, it's, it's just not that interesting to have like a purge. Like I don't understand what the concept came from and why it was so like the concept of a purge just is really stupid. Like, and Rick and Morty makes fun of it enough that I don't really have to get into it much, but <laughs> it's just one of those things where it's like, why is this, why is this such a, grab like why does this grab people so much and anyway we've spent more time talking about this movie than i ever wanted to uh i'm not excited for it all right i really want to talk about the next two that's why i want to get on oh yeah because the green knight is the next one and it's an a24 movie directed by uh david something david laurie or something like that yes i can't remember his name because he's I, i i i mistakenly i i have no excuse for this i'm embarrassed as a horror fan yes I, I got him uh, mixed up. I thought Robert Eggers was doing this one, but he's doing The Northman, not The Green Knight. But The so Green Knight looks really I, cool. It's like an Arthurian oh, does, yes. legend turned into like a kind of folk horror movie, I think. Because A24 is just like leaning into their Ari Aster stuff, you know. Oh, yeah, hard. And yep. so like uh, it's adapted from like the Sir Gawain, The Green Knight thing and it just looks pretty cool like i'm all for like fantasy horror like the the headsman or the the head the head is that what it's called the movie the, the head about the headhunter yeah that movie is pretty cool yeah. it's on i think it's on uh shutter so go check it out if you haven't but it's pretty cool and it's a fantasy horror movie it, it, it's just good it's a good it's a good under um underused genre you know that and like western horror are two genres i would love to see a lot more of yeah um I, I, I think that, like, from the first trailer, I was like, this is very A24, mm-hmm. and which is not a bad thing. It's a good thing most of the time. Yeah, and, uh, and but let's, it let's explain that for a second, because pretty... that means it's just going to be okay. really artsy. Like, you're going to yes, have lots of scenes be really artsy. Yeah, that are specifically in there. It's probably going to be pretty low-key. Yeah. Yep, it's going to it's gonna have kind of a low-key feel to it, probably. Um, it's not going to be effects-heavy or anything, and that's fine. Um and but like I I usually like it in small doses. I I have said this a hundred times. I grade movies. I give movies a little bit of a higher grade on rewatchability because I love rewatching movies. A twenty four movies are movies where I usually watch them once. I say, "Wow, that was really good," and I never watch it again. Mm-hmm. So that's there's something wrong with that. It's just something that where those movies I won't hold in as high esteem as say Cabin in the Woods, where I watch that like every other month. But do you really? <laughs> No, <laughs> but I do watch it a lot. Um, so, oh, sorry, I was thinking Cabin like, Fever, and I was like, why does he watch Cabin Fever so much? Oh, no, no, yeah, Cabin in the Woods is awesome. <laughs> um, it, so, like, when I was watching the... So, the first trailer I saw for it, I was like, okay, this is very A24. I, I'm, I know I'm going to like it. Like, it's a pretty safe bet this is going to be a good movie. But then, like, when they released this trailer, I was like, whoa, this is, like... This feels like it's got more budget than they've ever put on something before. Yeah. Like, it's got... It's much more, like, epic and more fantasy than I expected. Um, I did have the same feeling as some other people after watching it, though. Like, I was digging it, and I was digging it, and then the talking fox kind of threw me off a little bit. And then I was digging it the rest of the way. The talking fox, The talking fox was a little too, like... Disney fantasy for me, and I'm not saying... This is our Arthurian legend, just to be clear. Like, 
I'm I know, talking I know. about like it Birds of War. Yeah, it, I think it was almost one of those things where I would have preferred the fox to be like one of those like telepathic situations where it's talking but it's not moving its lips or anything. So like seeing an actual talking fox just felt like a Disney movie, and I was like, okay, I don't like this. To part. be fair, I watched but, that. I've not... seen both of these trailers, and I don't remember a talking fox, but I might have missed. <laughs> I might have, yeah, I might have just blocked it out. So you must have missed it. But it's, but I mean, like, it's not like it's, that's not a game ender, but in the trailer, it kind of threw me off because I was like, this doesn't match everything else, the feel that I was getting from everything else, but I'm still, I'm still so excited for yeah. it. It, 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 it wasn't a, a game, ch- uh, like, didn't ruin a it for me. Deal breaker? Anything, so. It was deal breaker. Yeah. That's the word. Not game changer, deal breaker. I mean, it could be that. a game changer, but anyway, this next <laughs> trailer, the final trailer for our, our episode today, uh, maybe the final thing we talk about, depending on how much we talk about it. Uh, is, oh is for the new Venom movie called Let There Be Carnage, and I'm, I'm like, I can't even express to you how all in on this movie I am. Like, I would yeah. do marketing for them. I would, I will tell people <laughs> to see it. I will, uh, I don't know. I could, I'll sacrifice a limb. I'm so excited for this movie. Like, <laughs> I can't describe to you. After reading the Marvel comics, for what I just had, they just had a car- Carnage event and a major uh, Venom event. I'm so ready for. To see where Sony's going to go with Venom and what they're going to do and how they're going to handle it and how they're going to incorporate it in, M- in the MCU and oh man, I'm just I'm so excited for Phase Seven or whatever phase we're on that like I'm just ready, you know, my body's ready for Mo- Mobius, Mobius, <laughs> and all that stuff too. There's just I, I mean Venom, you, you know, Venom's one of my favorite Marvel characters. Uh, I love Venom. Uh, I love I love the first movie. Part of it was just simply seeing venom done justice on a, on the movie screen mm-hmm. um i i do like trying to look at it objectively i do feel like it had some like it there's it's flawed in some ways um but and i think one of the ways which you know it's which i'm fine with because it is a comic book movie like i'm okay with this it wasn't r and that's fine yeah um, i, think this I totally get it but I do think it is. So, like, like, there's just so many things to look forward to. Like, I have a man crush on Tom Hardy. I think Tom Hardy is freaking awesome. Uh, Venom, you know, is one of my favorite characters. Carnage is freaking awesome. Woody Harrelson as Carnage is awesome. Andy Serkis do- directing the movie sounds awesome. It's planning to be rated R. Also promising. So, like, everything about it just sounds perfect to me. And I, I like that they're keeping some of that, they're keeping that dark humor um, from the first one, and, they let and I'm hoping Andy that they Serkis can try to and Tom Hardy be way more involved in this, which is awesome because, like, having yes. those characters be involved in these things, the actors be involved in their characters, just comes. I feel like it comes with such a higher, um, like, accountability, and you care more about what you're doing, and it just ends up for a better experience. I think. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I think that adds to the um, to the promise of it because I feel like. Tom Hardy was um, was disappointed in the final product because I think he 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 has his vision for Venom because he likes the character so much and I feel like the thing that was kind of missing was that like it was okay to keep that like humor with Venom but maybe drop some of that campiness to it a little bit like I, I don't know I don't know if you're picking up on that vibe or not but like i i feel like there, there were some moments where i was like i mean it's hard to say that they dropped the campiness me. when the scene at the beginning was like him venom like making breakfast i'm like i like i don't know i like it's that pretty scene, cheesy though, though. It's, like it's it's cheesy it is sure. kind of cheesy but like it's not it's sitting in the lobster tank cheesy like i i could do without scenes yeah. like that i mean <laughs> i i'm a bigger fan of anti-hero venom than i am 
Um, like, like just dark venom. And so I like when they take him and make him into a more relatable person. And uh, so I'm a big fan of, of them doing that because it makes him more of a character that just doesn't seem like a straight villain. And when you're doing like a movie like they're trying to do, you can't actually just take a villain and then make him someone that people care about, right? Like you have to, you have to take strides to make him more relatable. Yeah. And, and, and I, I, I did love that direction that they took uh, like the symbiote itself, because that's kind of uh, what they've alluded to in the comics before of that. The symbiote is, it's kind of the, like the loser, the black sheep of the symbiotes. And like, it, there's a reason that it had, it behaved the way it did with Spider-Man and the way that it behaved with Eddie Brock. And I like that they went that direction of like, it's the loser symbiote and Tom, Tom Hardy, Eddie Brock is the loser. Mm -hmm. And so he like builds this connection with humanity through the fact that he's the flawed, like outcast. And like, I was like, that's cool. I like that direction. And it looks like they'll be able to keep that going with the carnage thing. The carnage is like the jock bully. I don't know how they're going to approach it, but I I can see it being in that. Clone or something of venom in most cases, or clone somebody that got messed up. But yeah, anyway, like I'm just, I'm so excited for it. Like I can't, can't yeah i'm it's just coming soon and i'm like that's not good enough you need to tell me when (laughs) but i I think we're out of time but i do want to talk about one thing real quick if you have not kept up with creep show creep show season two just finished go watch creep show you dummy it's it's amazing in my opinion creep show alone is a good enough reason to to give shutter money so if you're not on shutter and you're like oh i don't know what i would watch on it you got there's creep show season two there's actually a shitload of other movies too like fried berry the power slacks anything for jackson anything for jackson you have old movies on there and we're not sponsored by shutter i just freaking love nope. shutter anytime it i'm like so good. man i really want to watch a horror movie they have always streaming movies like no other streaming service yep. just does that and it's so cool because they, they just got them. they just got the reckoning on there and yeah that's a like a brand new movie from neil marshall um, and, and the guy that did this is the descent and everything. Mm-hmm. Like it's so good. Yeah, they've and they just dropped like four new movies within a day of dropping the reckoning on. And them, they have so. really good series too. If you like it, if you like them, Joe Bob Briggs stuff is on there. You have like a lot of documentaries about horror. Eli Roth, Master of Horror, whatever it's called. The the documentary yep. that you talked about earlier, All, All in Darkness or whatever. Um, uh, in search, in of, search darkness, of darkness yep. is on there. I, I don't know. Again, not sponsored by Shutter, but go go watch movies on Shutter. Because they get some sweet-ass horror movies. And it's way better than the stuff you're seeing on Netflix. I guarantee it. The only other platform I can think that competes with Shudder is, like, the weird ones. Like, Voodoo. Or no, is it Voodoo or Plink? Hulu? There's, like, a... Hulu is definitely one that does... Tubi? Tubi, yeah. Tubi has, like, weird old horror. Like, stuff that you'll never find anywhere else. Like, what was that? Ticks. That's what I was going to say. Ticks. Uh, you got yeah. ginger snaps on there. Just weird stuff that you might want to watch. But Shudder is f- but that's free. far more. <laughs> and there's commercials. And Shudder is far more curated. Yeah. And it's just a very, way better experience. Plus Creepshow. Oh, my God. Creepshow Season 2 is pretty yep. good. Overall, yeah, Creepshow great. Season 2 was very good. There's a few few losers, but go watch that. We'll talk about <laughs> it was kind of funny. Time. It was just like one one whole episode of two stories was a dud, but the rest of it was really Yeah, good. exactly. So. <laughs> All right. Well, thanks for yeah. listening, everybody. Uh, we appreciate it. You know, And, uh, you know, have a good week or so. Scare you next time. Oh, uh, see, I'm trying a new outro. I like it. I'm trying a new it's, outro. It's good, but I hate oh. it, but I like it.
okay. all right. bye.